Hello, everybody, and welcome to the iconoclastically bombastic sports college football playoff and postseason preview. Um, I'm your host, Chase Howells. Welcome to the show. We're going to have several of the guys from the group calling in, and we're going to be touching on, um, obviously, the playoffs, you know, who we like in those games and who we like as as our champion. Going to touch on the Heisman Trophy. Um, We got some good candidates there, and that's going to be awarded uh, this Saturday night. We're going to touch on some of the different bowl games that some of our favorite teams are involved in, um, because unfortunately, none of our teams made it to the playoff this time. Um, But yeah, I think we should have some good content here. And right now, college football fans, you're probably watching the uh, college football awards. So some of those have already been announced. We got Derrick Henry winning the Walter Camp Player of the Year. We got Deshaun Watson winning our Davey O'Brien quarterback award. Um, Dabo Swinney winning the coach of the year. So not some huge surprises there. Some of the familiar faces that that we've seen all season and that we're going to see going into the playoffs as well. Um, So let's jump right in. Let me get some of these guys on the line. Looks like we have Corey here. Yep, I'm here. How's it going? I sure am. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Good. All right, let me see who else we got here. 609-7800. Who is this? Spencer. Spencer. Welcome, man. Um, I'm going to see if we get those other guys on the line. Um, Still waiting on Jay and Marcus, but we can go ahead and uh, dive right in if you want. Um, Spencer, we can start with you. You know, I'm going to give everyone kind of their their fanboy portion up front. Um, we can discuss the bowl game that your team's involved in. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to yours in particular because I want Florida to win. I see that you guys are playing our arch rivals, the team up north, better known as uh, Michigan to some. So um, what do you think about that game for you guys? You know, even though we've looked pretty bad the past couple of weeks, I'm feeling pretty good about that game. Uh, after watching you guys play against them and just run the ball like every play, and they just couldn't stop it, you know, I think that that's going to play to our strength. We've been kind of banged up on the defensive line, so we got a couple of weeks to get healthy. And then, uh, you know, I know Treon can't throw, but hopefully he can run a little bit against them. And then, you know, we still got Kelvin Taylor coming out of the backfield. I think he'll get the ball a whole bunch. And then, Hopefully that will open up, you know, at least for a couple of deep passes. Uh, and then, you know, I'm most excited. This is, uh, you know, Vernon Hargrave's last game. He said he's going pro. So I'm expecting him to play good. I think the defense is going to play really well, and we just need to score a little bit. Yeah, I think, I, honestly, I think it will be a good game. Um, you know, hopefully hopefully you guys can find some offense, and, and that should really help. So we shall see. Um, Corey, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. What do you got on you guys playing one of those SEC teams that was supposed to be real good and ended up not being very good in Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl? Someone thought they were going to be good. <laughs> um, <laughs> As usual. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, um, we're a difficult team to kind of prepare for, so I mean, I think that gives us a shot in any of these type of bowl games, so to speak, um, just because it's very unique and, and difficult to prepare for. Um, we're not, we're, we're actually pretty decent at stopping the run. So I feel decent about it. I definitely wouldn't think we're the favorites or anything, or, um, probably not a game we'll win, to be honest. I feel like kind of needs that win big. Um, it's a, it's a much bigger game for them than it is for us, so to speak. Um, he really needs a win, help with recruiting and stuff like that. Um, so I think his guys will be pumped for it. Uh, they've been playing decent ball over the last six games or so. Um, as of we we played with good teams. I just they our whole thing is being more physical than other teams in the Big Twelve, and I don't think we're more physical than them. So it's going to be rough unless we get one of our quarterbacks back by that much. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you guys might surprise them. You know, I I don't know what their mindset's going to be going into this because I like you know honestly they really did think that they had playoff aspirations going into the season, and it's been. 
kind of an it started off real slow for them. Um, and but you know that crazy fourth down play that that team made against Ole Miss is is the only reason Bama's in the playoffs. So that's just kind of how this year's been, man. It's been a wild ride. Um, looks like we got Jay on the line. I'm gonna bring him in, and he can tell us about his Nebraska Corn Huskers. They actually had a team that I thought might have a, a chance in making it to the playoff in, in what I don't think was a very good Pac-12 in UCLA in the Foster Farms Bowl. So we got Nebraska and UCLA, two former powers of college football playing in the Foster Farms Bowl. Jay, welcome. What do you think about you this bowl game? What do, you, what do you got on this game? Um, It depends on how the coaching staff wants to be. They want to be smart are they going to stick to this pass, pass, pass we've been doing all year to get us in trouble? I mean, everyone knows Toby Armstrong is more of a running dual threat. I call him a little bit, you know, somewhat adequate passer, but he's not really a person that can be passing for 50 attempts a game. And as we've been having him averaging pretty much no less than about 40 attempts. If we keep him around 25, 30 and have him running the ball more, he's a lot more effective. But as you saw against Iowa, he was just making it rain, throwing pit left and right like it was Romo back in the old school days, and that's not going to help us out. Now, UCLA's rushing defense is probably like, I'm going to say the bottom half of the Pac-12. They're definitely allowing about 187 yards, and that's where we should attack. But knowing our staff, I haven't felt confident that they'll actually use our running backs. We have about three or four guys that could, uh, between Janovich, um, Armstrong, and definitely um, Newby, we have running backs that can definitely run up if we decide to use them properly. But knowing our staff, I see us losing probably by 15. Our de- our pass defense is pretty atrocious. It's gotten better as of late. But if a smart quarterback is, you know, does his homework, sees which guys attack on, especially our weak corners, I mean, it's easy to throw 300. We saw Wisconsin put up almost 300 yards passing, I think. And that's probably the first time we did that in about three or four years since Russell Wilson's day. So, I think UCLA will probably win definitely in about a 38, maybe 24 kind of shootout. So here I am, man. I give I give you guys the fanboy section, and all of you guys are giving me doom and gloom about your teams. Even Spencer, who's a big fanboy, didn't even bring it for me on, on the Florida Gators beating Michigan, which is what I needed. But I don't know. I think I – think, um, all of you all actually sound kind of down on your teams, but I think you'll I think you got a better shot than uh than you're giving you guys credit for. Now I, I can go ahead and discuss the one the one game um outside of outside of the playoffs for my hokies that uh we got coming up sooner than I'm used to bowl games being played on uh on December twenty sixth in the Independence Bowl. Um Frank Beamer's last game, obviously, and we actually got to play Tulsa. It's going to be strength versus strength. Um, Tulsa's got really good passing offense, 503 yards a game against Bud Foster's pass defense. That's only allowing 174 yards a game. Um, you know, it's going to be up to up to him and the guys to rally around Frank and to try to stop Dane Evans, um, who had a really good year passing the ball. I think the Hokies can beat this Tulsa team. They they showed um, in several games that they do play pretty well, especially behind Brewer. So um, I am optimistic about that particular game. Now, um, I don't know if there's any other bowl games that you guys are interested in uh, outside of the playoff games. But, um, Jay, did you have any that, that you were looking at that you had circled that you wanted to watch outside of the playoffs? Baylor and UNC. I think is that yeah, the uh, I don't which bowl game it is actually, but is that the uh, Advocare Bowl or shoot, I I can't remember, but I think the Baylor UNC matchup is definitely going to be a high scoring affair because Baylor's defense is okay and they're pretty solid for the past couple of years that they've been before, but. I think they're going to match a team that plays exactly like how they want to do, have enough slot receivers. And we don't know what's quarterback going to be healthy because last we saw, they used some receiver playing what's it called quarterback that last second half versus Texas. So that could be interesting to see um, if they can still keep keep the firepower 
or is it going to be UNC running on over them with their um, running back Latcher Hood and little Dynamo? What's his name? Little Steaver. Um, uh, the saltine. Warbro, Warbro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I can't keep in mind for a second, but yeah, the guy they have that's real nice. Yeah, I, I, you're right. Yeah, I think Ryan that will Schwarzer be a decent matchup. Like um, you got you got Carolina has really kind of been coming along, and and they're kind of peaking into this game. And Baylor is certainly the opposite direction. Um, I think you know, obviously, if we ask this this question who would win this game a month ago, we would say Baylor, no problem. But given the circumstances, I mean, I'm going to give Carolina the nod in that, but should be a um, pretty exciting matchup there. You're right. And, uh, Corey, what did you think? Do you have any other bowl games that, that you're looking at in particular? Um, the only bowl games I usually care about outside of my team in the BCS are usually like the mid-majors or teams right outside of the, the Power Five. So, um, I'm really interested in that Houston-Florida State game. Um, I've been kind of following Houston a little this year. So I'd be interested just to see if they're real. And Gary Ward's like, he's that dude in college uh, football, man. I mean, he's nice. Um, he is obviously not going to be able to play quarterback in the pros, but he reminds me of kind of an old-school, real true dual threat, not this, like, spread stuff, but, like, I mean, he's running out there making plays. So I'll be interested just to kind of see how they match up with the obviously much more talented Florida State team. Yeah, that should be exciting. I mean, just to think about, you know, Herman getting Houston into the Peach Bowl in his first season, only lost one game, and obviously that offense is going wild already. Um, Now the defense, I don't know what they're going to do. I think Dalvin Cook's obviously going to have a big day, and we'll probably hear Florida State fans telling us how he should have won the Heisman, you know, from, from that game and probably for the rest of our lives until they get another one. So, um, but yeah, that, that should be a, it should be an exciting matchup. Um, Spencer, did you have any other, any other bowl games you were looking forward to? Yeah, you know, definitely taking a look at it. Definitely want to watch the sugar bowl. Definitely want to see uh, what's going to happen there. You know, you got Ole Miss who's kind of all over the place, but they, you know, did beat Alabama and then you got Oklahoma state. You know, also kind of had an up-and-down season. So, kind of interested to see how they stack up against each other. And then the other the other former BCS Bowl that's, that's kind of out of play this year looks pretty pretty exciting. The Saltine Bowl, Stanford, Iowa. Um, I mean, we're going to have some, some very technical football. We're not going to be in the spread. Um, we're going to have Christian McCaffrey to light this thing up, and we'll see what he can do against a pretty good Iowa defense. So I'm looking forward to that Rose Bowl as, as well and, uh, and the Sugar Bowl like you're talking about. Um, all right, guys, moving along, we got the Heisman coming up this weekend. Um, obviously, the, the finalists we have, Derrick Henry from Alabama, um, 1,986 yards, 23 touchdowns on the ground, Good, solid Bama back uh, year, you know, what we expect out of them. Then Christian McCaffrey from Stanford just doing it all over the field. 1,847 rushing yards, eight TDs on the ground, 540 receiving yards and four touchdowns, over 1,000 kick return yards, and then two pass TDs just to cap it off. I mean, really uh, a crazy complete season where he beats, Barry Sanders' record for the most all-purpose yards. Um, And then finally, Deshaun Watson from the only undefeated team, 3,512 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, 887 rushing yards, and 11 TDs. So, you know, the only QB to go over 3,500 and 800. Good balance, good player, did everything that you want um, in winning all of those games. so who do you guys got? Let's start with uh, Spencer. We can go right back to you. Who do you like in the Heisman? Yeah, I think I got to like Watson the most in the race. You know, I feel like it, it's gotten away with it maybe a little bit with the playoffs, but usually, the, you know, whoever the undefeated team was, usually their best player if they're playing well, you know, has got to get the nod for that. Uh, so that's definitely who I'm picking. Uh, you know, Derek Henry, he's had a good year. He's just gotten a lot more touches. If you look at his numbers, he pretty much had twice as many touches, but doubled all of his stats. So, you know, he's really consistent. 
But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go with Watson. Corey, who do you have? I mean, honestly, I feel like if you don't say Henry, you're kind of just hating. Um, just to be real. I mean, dude broke the SEC rushing record, and, and Bama going to the playoffs, he broke the SEC rushing record. Like, how does he not get the Um I mean, if I'm putting my hater blockers on, then I definitely have Watson. Um, just because, like you said, undefeated, he kind of did everything. He was a little bit up and down. I mean, it's really hard to give someone the Heisman when they have one signature game and you don't really play that well in the signature game. Granted, it was raining, and it's really not possible for a quarterback to play well then. But, I mean, he didn't have a Heisman moment or really a big signature game in which you could say, hey, that's when he won the Heisman. That's their Heisman moment. So, um, nor did he have, like, a ridiculous, like, 7-8 TD game, anything like that. So it's just kind of consistent the whole way. That's not really how you get the Heisman, generally speaking. Henry came on late, back-to-back to Henry on games, all that stuff. So, I mean, I think he's a clear-cut favorite to win. All right, Jay, what do you think? I would like to see uh, Stanford's um, Mr. All-Purpose get a chance. I, I look at the Heisman kind of old school ways by thinking if I take all those three players off their team wh- off, off, off their teams, how well would they do and how well would the team would do and I really think that Alabama will still keep rolling without Henry. I mean, you've seen they put out backs in the NFL, whether they've done good or not from Ingram, Richardson, um, Lacey, and Yeldon, they still put out backs. And I think they'll, they'll, still put, they'll put the next person in line and they'll just keep rushing up They'll keep feeding him. I think Watson definitely deserves a lot of credit because Clifford fans talked about it all last year that if he was healthy, it would have been a different season. He was healthy this season, and you saw undefeated. So I definitely think he deserves definitely a good chance. But I think Stanford would not be anywhere where they are, especially if you watch the first game versus Northwestern, where they look just pitiful. I mean, Northwestern, they're okay, but they, they got blown out basically by Michigan and Iowa badly. And yes, they beat my Nebraska squad, but they weren't – a solid, let's you know, sexy team. They were just living, living down my big plays and not also not screwing themselves up sometimes. But the way the way Stanford has played and for what I've seen, I don't think they win ten games this year without them. I don't even think they win six because their defense is okay, but their offense is very predictable. Even when they're using McCaffrey, it's just him the Wildcat, him tossing off here, him throwing punts, him doing special trick play here. It's a lot of just give it to him and let's see what he does with it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I mean, of course, Henry. I think is probably going to win most likely because I mean, he was ran for two thousand yards. He has a lot of touchdowns to show for it. I mean, he was bowling people over in the A and M game, just dragging people left and right. But I, I still think if he's not on the Alabama squad, they're still going to, at the worst, have two losses. But they'll still they'll still keep rolling. That O line is massive, and they're going to still keep running through people, regardless if it's the, the, um, Henry or the next back behind them. But I, I still think that uh, he would probably win it, but I would love to see McCaffrey get a look or even Watson. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Good. I think um, I think Henry – now, I mean, they don't have the depth at, at running back that they normally do. They have Drake back there who's who's kind of been like their change of pace back, you know, at Alabama. But, I mean, I think Henry's a really good running back, and obviously the stats are there for that. He's got the most yards and the most TDs for any back, but – you look at what Christian McCaffrey's doing. I mean, it's basically like when you have a high school team, um, you know, or, or even younger team than that, when you're just like, all right, we got one athlete. Let's let's just get him the ball no matter what, and we're just going to let him do his thing, and that's how, you know, how we're going to score points and get yards. I mean, it's pretty, pretty incredible what he's done. Um, let me bring on Mr. Jeff. Rushing, I think we have him on the line. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. Hey, man. So, um, what are your thoughts on the Heisman? Who do you like? Obviously, I like McCaffrey. Like you, you put it the best right there, man. He is like he's like a kid on your pee wee team that just does everything. Just get him the rock, baby. I mean, you could you couldn't put that any better. I think Henry wins it just because. I mean, what he's done is really pretty. Pretty awesome, but I mean, I would, I would, I say McCaffrey, but I think Henry wins. I think Watson's kind of just in a 
I mean, Watson deserves I mean, they all three are deserving of it, in my opinion. But I think Henry will win it. Yeah, hey, I, I think it goes. Hear the breaking, there is some breaking news that Kyle Allen from A&M is transferring <laughs> immediately. Have you seen that? No, where's he going? It, he hasn't said. He's just he's leaving immediately. He's he's definitely A&M. leaving now? Yeah, Jerry. Jerry's oh, crying wow. right now. <laughs> I know we don't have Jerry and, on tonight, so we can't we can't get his feedback on the breaking news. So we, now we have um, we have Oklahoma's quarterback uh, Trevor Knight is is transferring, and now Allen's leaving as well. So we got some quarterbacks on the market now. It looks like yeah. So um, Saban wants to go the Jamie Coker router one more time. He, he's got two to choose from. <laughs> or Jake, I, I think Allen would do well at Bama. Yeah. Hey, you know, I heard you mention the Tulsa game earlier. Texas did get the Tulsa OC. He is going to the University of Texas. Sterling Gilbert. Ah, uh, okay. Is he? Is he gonna? Is he? Is that effective immediately, or is he gonna coach this game? Do you know? I haven't. I haven't seen. I, I would think it'd be effective immediately, but don't quote me on that. I haven't seen. I just saw he got the job. Now that we got you on here, Jeff. Um, we went around and we also kind of discussed some of the games outside of the playoff that we were looking forward to. Is there is there one game in particular to you that kind of jumped off the page that you're really looking forward to? Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in the New Mexico-Arizona game. It's kind of off the radar, but, man, what Bob Davey has done in New Mexico is just really – I mean, what he's done is pretty spectacular. Before he got there, man, they, they had won four or five games in like six years. It's his fourth year, fourth year there. I think they're seven and five this year, but they beat Boise and Air Force, which Boise's not. Once they, they're not like they were, but still, man, it's a heck of a win. It's a heck of a job what that guy's done. They're a double-digit underdog. I'm just interested in see what he can he can pull out, and it's in Arizona. <clears throat> that went interesting. Yeah, and you were you were telling me they're running. I haven't seen any of their games, but you're telling me they're basically yeah, they're running, running a triple option out of a shotgun. Yeah, out of a shotgun, kind of like a, kind of like a broken pistol, but they got two slot backs and the kind of the fullback behind the quarterback, like the pistol. It's pretty. It's so pretty, that's definitely that's cool definitely looking. worth worth uh, worth watching. So I think yeah, yeah I mean it's I one know. of the bowls that, that yeah, it'd be worth watching. Playing another one the New Mexico Bowl. And that, that right, maybe Carolina game. Do what? I'm saying, I'm saying, good for him. Like he, after Notre, after meeting I've done at Notre Dame, it's been a while since we went to coaching, and that's, that's good to hear that. Yeah, man, and I've always liked. I liked him as an announcer. I thought he did a good job. Oh yeah, <clears throat> most definitely. But that, yeah, that North Carolina Baylor game interests me too, especially if Stidham plays. I'd like to see them bounce back, and like he said, man, that, that game could have could be the first one to fifty wins. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that. I mean, I ho- hopefully he can come back and and then we can see a decent matchup cuz I mean, I think I don't think Carolina was was a top 4 team by any means, but I mean, they they played pretty well, especially towards the end of the year and um, you know, to see see what they have against a a Baylor team with at least a a pretty good effort coming from quarterback would be would be a good matchup, and and so I think we're we're all definitely looking forward to that. Um, I think but North Carolina let's, lost let's, their offensive coordinator as well. He he got the North Texas job here. Yep, yes he uh, did. Seth Latrell. So we got coaches and quarterbacks moving everywhere right now. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then we also yeah, have Frost from Oregon said he's not going to coach that bowl game. Oh, Which is really? not really a big deal. It's not really a big deal because Mark Hefferts used to be the offensive coordinator, but I guess he can get a head start on recruiting for Central Florida. Yeah, he got the South Florida or the what job was that he got? Central Florida, USF. Central, yeah, Central. So yeah, he's not yeah, he's I not coming um, back to coach. Helfrich, we I think he's. I mean, he basically just tries to go off the script. I, I. I honestly, and this is, I mean, I've made it known that I'm not really a fan of his, and I I don't think that, that he's anything close to what Chip Kelly was. I honestly believe, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he literally, like, works off a script that Chip Kelly left. 
um, and hasn't oh, yeah. really modified it too much. So, I mean, like, if so calling plays for him in this game should not be an issue. <laughs> no, no it, really. it really shouldn't. And, I mean, that offense is going to just do what it does. It always ticks, so. That's another um, game that interests me, too, Oregon TCU. It's another one that could be the first one to 50. Yes, because what's doing is finally yeah. healthy now. Yeah, do you guys know what that game that, is? It's January 2nd. January 2nd, Abacaro, the uh, Alamo Bowl? Yeah, the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. That that, that was definitely the issue now. They said Doc did not play the receiver for TCU. He said he wanted not to play. He said he wanted to play. I mean, he's hurt. He got that broken wrist, but I think he's going to give it a go. Man, he was he was nice in the beginning of the year. Man, he's 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 a stud for sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's let's move into the last couple games that that we need to talk about are the uh, the playoff games. Obviously, we got Oklahoma and Clemson in the Orange Bowl, a one-loss Oklahoma team against undefeated Clemson. Um, that's going to be at 4 o'clock New Year's Eve, and then 8 o'clock New Year's Eve right after the first game. We got Michigan State and Alabama, both 12-1 and um, conference winners in the Cotton Bowl. And right now, everyone's giving um, – Bama the nod over Michigan State, you know, by a pretty wide margin. Um, and also Clemson's getting the edge over Oklahoma as far as the Vegas percentages and odds that I'm seeing. Um, now, I actually personally go the other way on both of those games, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, we could start with Corey. Um, what do you think about the playoff games? Who do you like? I uh, definitely like Bama. Um, I don't really have much doubt about that game. I mean, I think Michigan State is a solid team, but I think they just – you don't out Alabama, Alabama. Um, and I think they just have two similar styles to ever beat them. Um, just playing heads up, kind of between the tackles, runoff play action, not really spreading them out that much. They only have really one receiving threat. I, I, they're just – too simplistic to give Saban that much time to prepare for on defense. So um, I definitely see Alabama winning um, pretty convincingly um, two scores. I, I go back and forth on Oklahoma um, and Clemson, to be honest. Um, I, I definitely feel like uh, Clemson has been the better team this year. Um, I don't think they're more talented, but I do think they're a more complete team, if that makes sense. Um, but I also think the advantage goes to Oklahoma with playing in the Big 12 and then Clemson kind of playing a similar style and then giving uh, Mark Stoops, uh, who's, or, or Mike, rather, who's just uh, is underrated uh, defensive coordinator, really, and he's really, I think, been a big difference for Oklahoma. Um, giving him that much time to prepare, I, I just think that's going to show up, and I, I think the coordinators make the difference with the game plan and uh, that defense comes to play causes a few turnovers and, and that's the difference in the ball game. Yeah, I'm really looking uh, forward then, to that matchup. Yeah, and um I've got I've got the winner of that game winning it. So um I guess that would mean I'd have Oklahoma winning it all. Yep. Yep. I mean it's just it's one of those stoops years, man. <laughs> it's very, very possible. Um Thanks. Uh, now, Spencer, who do you have in these games? Yeah, I got definitely have uh, Bama definitely winning the first game. Uh, I watched Michigan State play a decent amount this year, and, you know, they just play, you know, the same type of football that Corey was saying. It's kind of ugly, and I don't think they can do that against Nick Saban. You know, I think Saban's sitting there knowing Myers not in the playoffs, just like, you know, no one's, I don't think anyone's really going to beat them out. Uh, I definitely got Clemson winning on the other side. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I, I just can't trust Bob Stoops. You know, he big game Bob and that whole cliche. He just, I don't know. I, I just have a good feeling Clemson's going to win, but I think Bama is going to end up taking it overall. I really hope that doesn't happen. That would be like worst case scenario. I, I'm, I'm in it for any, I don't, any I don't, I don't one of the it. other teams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to happen, but you know, that's what I think is going to happen. All right, 
Uh, Jay, what do you think? Who do you like in, in these games? All right, I guess. Jay, do we have you there? All right, well, let's go to um, Jeff real quick. Jeff, who do you like? Uh, I, I like Bama, obviously. I think they both play the same style, and nobody does that style better than Bama. On the other side, I lean towards Clemson. Uh, I think Venables is the the DC for Clemson is a key con- component in this game, man. He, what they did to him last year, I mean, I know it was Trevor Knight for Oklahoma in that bowl game, but man, they they shut him. Oklahoma couldn't do anything. And, you know, and he was the D.C. there for for a long time. I mean, you know, Oklahoma's got that new O.C., Lincoln Riley and everything. But I just lean, toward, lean towards Clemson, man, with those – well, they got three or four first-round picks on defense. I know that defensive end, that safety, will both go in the first round. And I think whoever wins that game, like Corey said, will beat Bama. That's that's who I got. Yeah, I'm kind of, I, I I'm kind of surprised you're leaning uh... – you're leaning Clemson after being the Big 12 guy that you are, and as much as I know that you've watched Oklahoma, so um, yeah, I mean that says a lot. Man, I'm, Jay, who do you, who I'm you got? I'm a sucker. Hey, my mic on. Hello. Yep, you're yeah, there, Jay. Yeah, you can hear me? Yes, sir. Hello. Jay, can you hear Hello? me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. Um, I definitely think um, Ben will be Michigan State. Um, Michigan State is pretty solid, but then the offense is not going to scare Bama. And I think the only way you beat Bama is by spreading them out, kind of how Oklahoma and Texas A&M did back in the day. And their receivers are okay for Michigan State, but I, I really think they'll get shut down. Though I don't think it will be a high-scoring affair. I expect it to be a, a ugly game, maybe a, a, a 24-10 to 10 kind of style game. And the Oklahoma Clemson game, I'm gonna give the edge to OU if they play the revenge factor after that um, the bowl game brawl they had the other year. But Clemson is pretty solid on defense. But I mean, they did fall asleep a little bit in that UNC game, and UNC did put a quite a few touchdowns on them at the end. And if Oklahoma looks carefully at that, especially Lincoln Riley, offensive coordinator, I think he's put some matchups. But they got to stay away from the defensive end. And um, Boyer, I think number 10, the linebacker, because them guys have been wrecking havoc. And especially when they called, they were a blitz package I saw that that crushed um, crushed UNC a couple of times, and they just had no answer for it. But I still think it will probably be an OU-Bama rematch, and I, I like over with OU over Bama, hopefully. <laughs> I think I think this is Bob Stoops' year. It's it, it seems like everything's lining up. I think Baker Mayfield's playing pretty good. If um, the running back plays well, I think OU's all enough to beat Clemson. It'll be close. It'll definitely be pretty much uh, another shootout, I think. But I, I like OU and Bama in that title. Yeah, I think so. It sounds like none of us want Bama to win, uh, but we could all see it happening. Um, oh, yeah. Now, I, I mean, I give I give Michigan State more credit than any of you guys, um, and maybe that's just because I'm trying to validate the Buckeyes lost to them in my head still. I don't know. But, um, yeah, they definitely play the same mold as Bama where they, they want to run the football. They want to drain the clock. They're, they're good in the trenches on both sides, and you're, you guys are probably right. They're probably not as good um, in the trenches as Bama, but – I mean, I think, you know, you got an X factor in, in Connor Cook that can change the game a little bit when he's on. Um, we didn't see him play against Ohio State, but the guy has games where he can kind of be that clutch QB you need, and I don't know that we're seeing that out of Bama. So I I think they can give him more of a game. I, I believe they can win. I hope they do, um, but, you know, Obviously, Bama's the heavy favorite there. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to that now. So, I think these playoffs are, are kind of surprising, especially given um, the couple of guys we got on the call, Corey and Spencer, that that were here <clears throat> preseason when we were talking about who we thought was going to end up there. Um, 
and how kind of this whole season's played out. I mean, I feel like it was it was an odd season. We had no idea what was going to happen. We thought we knew a lot even just going into a month ago, going into um, November. We knew that was going to shake things up, and it surely did. Um, we saw some injuries, and we just saw some kind of random losses. And at the end of it, um, a Clemson team that we all kind of figured would would be hanging around, didn't know if they would actually get it done. They're there. Oklahoma. Um more or less came out of nowhere in a Big 12 that they weren't supposed to finish that high in this year with TCU and Baylor. And um, Bama, people had them. Michigan State, everyone thought they were going to lose to either Michigan or Ohio State. They ended up not leading one second of either of those games and winning them both. Um, pretty incredible. What what are you guys' kind of biggest surprises uh, coming from this season? Um Jeff, is there anything that like really surprised you this year? Uh, let me think. Texas didn't surprise me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me. Let me think. <laughs> All right, Jay. What is there anything that is like you know you still can't figure out from this season that surprised you? Auburn. I was big yep. on Auburn this year, really big. I had to eat my words off a couple of bets. I was really, I really thought that Malzahn was, Jeremy Johnson was really going to tee off on SC West. I thought, yeah, Moss Champ, a defensive coordinator, so you have a good, legit defensive coordinator kind of guy. I was like, all they got to do is have a solid defense, run an offense. And, yeah, they fell flat in their face. And, I mean, they switched quarterbacks back and forth this year. I, I just, for what we all thought, especially because a lot of the uh, ESPN guys are picking them too, like, they really fell off more than I expected, and I was shocked that they didn't have at least nine, ten wins this year. I mean, they kept they kept yeah. the Iron Bowl kind of close, which is thank goodness. I thought it was going to be a blowout, but I really was big on Auburn this year. I really thought this would be their year, and definitely wasn't. I don't know. I was right there really with you to. on that, man. I, I thought it was good. I I thought for the same reasons that they were going to be good. And then, honestly, like, it didn't take me long to figure out that they weren't great. As soon as I saw them playing Louisville, and Louisville should have won that game, I was like, yeah. man, this is not the, this is not going to be the team that's going to run the SEC. And sure enough, they, they definitely did not. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely a big surprise. Um, Spencer, anything surprise you? The success of your Gators? Yeah, that a little bit, but more so uh, just how LSU, how good they started, how well Fournette was running, and then, you know, dropping those three in a row. Uh, you know, the, the Alabama game was surprisingly that lopsided, but uh, losing to Arkansas and also losing to uh, Ole Miss, that was kind of shocking. You know, barely getting by Texas A&M, and then Fournette not even getting into the Heisman finalists. That was probably the, uh, the most shocking thing for me, but uh, – yeah, definitely wasn't expecting to be in Atlanta either versus Alabama, uh, but definitely more surprised by LSU. Yeah, it, Fournette was another thing for me that that was shocking. I I, I mean, the fact that that he and Zeke, neither one of them, are going to be in New York this weekend, that's pretty crazy to me. Especially, I mean, even if you had asked us three weeks ago, I think we probably would have said they're there, um, but. <laughs> what a crazy turn of events we had like the last couple of weeks down the stretch um, and everything's changed. And, and there's Derrick Henry just mopping up yards right at the end and, and gets the push to kind of be that running back that, um, you know, that's there that we all thought was going to be Zeke or Fournette or both in New York this weekend. Um, Jeff, what you got? USC, that whole USC stuff is pretty, was pretty shocking. I mean, going into that Stanford game, they were what, top five, and everything everything was good. And you know, Sarkeesian goes on his drunk fest, and they get rolled by Stanford, and kind of just hit the fan, you know. And obviously, Fournette as well. I mean, I I would have bet a million dollars after week four or five, he'd have won the Heisman. That's for sure. Now, Jay and Jeff, you guys are a little more in tune with the coaching stuff than I am, but I was pretty shocked at USC pulling the quick trigger to hire that guy 
I mean, even, you know, before the uh, Pac-12 championship game and then goes out and just gets run by Stanford. I, man, it, it, that that had me kind of like, I'm still kind of scratching my head about it because USC is that job. Like, you're right there in L.A., you yeah. you got recruiting. You're recruiting mindful pretty much. Um, you're going to get top talent. I think they kind of rushed it, but maybe they got they got scared they didn't want to get turned down because I, I really believe LSU was trying to get Florida State's coach, and Jimbo was like, yeah, I'm not leaving. And then with all the coaches setting off really quickly, I think USC just said, screw it, let's just get let's just um, give him the intern coach and we'll go from there. And you're probably not giving him crazy money anyways, and you give him three years to what happens. If not – I guess you go to the next guy, but I definitely think he could have got a better coach. But I don't know. There's some, someone's with that USC team. Like they have too much talent to be getting run over by Stanford like that. I mean, it, it turned to a Heisman pretty much showcase for uh, McCaffrey. It really did. Yep. Hey, yep. the thing about that, uh, I read something the other day that Jim Mora, his four the last four years at UCLA, he's faced a different coach every year for USC. <laughs> All four years. Isn't that crazy? And I I think that guy is a players coach from from what I've read and seen. And I think you I think the players really wanted him and like he said, I think man, they just wanted to name somebody and maybe maybe catch a catch lucky on a guy, you know. We'll see. I mean, it's, yeah, it's one of those programs that that you don't expect that from though. I mean, no, you know, you, you expect them to pull a name coach, and especially given the state of the program, because this is a program that, you know, the start of the 2000s was right at the top, and I mean, and and always has been traditionally, of course, too. But now, I mean, they've almost lost all their credibility. It, it's it's crazy. Yeah. We'll see how yeah. we'll see how this guy can perform. Yeah, it's gone back to the way it was before before Pete got there. You know, it was a roller coaster. You know, they're good one year, you know, 500 the next. I mean, it's it's true, to that. True. I don't think they're going to duplicate what Pete Carroll did at uh, early in the early 2000s. I don't think it's going to happen again. Same way with Nebraska no. and whatnot. I think that's the problem. They're trying to hope they can catch that fire and get that run again. But what Pete did right there in that run was pretty much, I mean, he ran the Pac-12 to the, to the ground. Like, no one was making any moves around him. No, he – he could pick his players. Yes, I mean yeah. it's, 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 the swagger and the he had was really uh, uh, too. And he sold he sold Hollywood like like these guys obviously aren't doing. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Well, we got a couple minutes left here, but um, you know, if there's anything else that that you are thinking about this season, um, remaining in the off season, any coaching moves, any any recruiting that that you got your eye on, um, have at it, and then we can then we can wrap up here. Mark Rich at Miami. I think it's going to be interesting because he had the talent he had at Georgia and still couldn't win the bigger games. He's in a, he's going to be in a different conference, which would be should be a little easier for him compared to being an SEC um, grindhouse. But will he be able to be effective and get over the hump and actually be able to compete with, you know, Clemson? Yeah, I think the Coastal's actually gotten a lot better now um, with Fuente Foster being at Tech and uh, Rick being at Miami. I mean, I think just having a new coach at Miami, I'm not not a big Rick guy, but I think that – just the fact that they have a coach with with somewhat of a name and alum in there, I mean, they're going to get better than they have been at least um, right off the bat. So, you know, assuming Georgia Tech can rebound a little bit, and um, we still got UNC, you know, the the ACC Coastal is now becoming. I feel like they're going to become one of the better divisions um, in uh, in the Power Five. So. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on that for sure. I'm looking forward to playing uh, Muschamp next year in South Carolina. That's <laughs> yeah, sure. that was a strange that was a strange hire to me. Um, but 
There he is. He's already back. He's already back. I didn't, think he, <laughs> I didn't think he earned it that quick. Maybe that's why he wasn't doing as well at Auburn. Maybe he's trying already focused on getting his resume out there again. But I, mean, I, I feel like that? that's why that's why A&M passed on Muschamp and got Chavis because they knew Muschamp was going to be around long enough. Like he's just going to take a deep two and come right back into coaching, which I wasn't surprised when the SEC picked him up. I was like, he already knew to deal with. You know, I'm going to do this one-year coordinator and be right back on the ground as the head coach. Crazy. But he had a bad run at head coach, and then he didn't have a good season this year. So, I mean, I thought – and the names that they were throwing out for that position, I thought that we were going to see something better, but here he is. He's back. Yeah, that's a good one, man. I, I feel like – and this is nothing against Florida, but I feel like if Florida kept the spread that Urban had, I think that Muschamp would have done real legit damage at, at Florida. I feel like their defense is – I mean, their defense is nasty. I mean, they they're probably one of the top defenses in the um this year, and they just have on the offense that can stay on there. I don't know what happened with Trion Harris. Like I don't, he can't run that, that offense they're trying to ask him to do anyways. But I feel in a spread, maybe something more, you know, of a power spread kind of like urban runs. I think they would have done wonders, especially the time they had a couple of years ago. Uh, they played that little bit of Sugar Bowl. I mean, we had a big drop off. You know, when when Meyer left, we didn't have much offensive line, and let alone offensive line to run this power try to run game that uh, Muschamp wanted to run. So if he would have tried to stick with some kind of spread and maybe try to recruit the players to play his, you know, what he wanted to play, it probably would have turned out a lot better for him. You know, I don't think he's as bad as as Florida was, but (laughs) we were pretty fucking bad. (laughs) Like that, that, that was one thing that made me mad. I was like, if you had the talent as a coach, I feel, granted, if you don't want to run something, like I'm doing it right now in Nebraska, we don't have the talent to run a West Coast that Riley wants to run. So run what you have and so that you can get wins and then when those guys are leaving, recruit to your talent that you want. But you're trying to go, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum, it just doesn't have good results. I mean, I, I mean, think Nebraska better than five and seven. You it's know, pretty much it's pretty it similar. It's pretty similar to uh, going back a while ago, but when Rich Rodriguez went to Michigan and tried to like implement a spread right away and it just didn't work yep. like it did at West Virginia. Same idea. And, and and Brady Hope was smart. When Brady Hope came after him, he kept an eye on the spread and said, we're going to run the spread to our um, graduates. And then he went back to the pro style. And that's why they got the, the Sugar Bowl win of Virginia Tech, because if they were running that pro style with Denard, that would have been definitely a 5-7 and seven team coming up. Because their defense is okay, but, I mean, that offense was just running like, like a Ferrari with Denard Robinson in the spread. Jeff, give me an update on what the what the state of the Texas Longhorns are, man. Are are, are you guys going to be heading in the right direction um, starting this month and moving forward into next season? What do you think? Oh, uh, we just had a center. The starting center is going to transfer. He decided that today, Jake Rollerson. As we can't get any worse, Chase. It can't get any worse. I mean, I I think we've got to be better on defense next year. And obviously, I mean, at quarterback, I I don't know. I mean, we got a we got Steve Bouchelle, if you already didn't play for the Rangers. His son's coming in. He'll be here in December. He'll go through the spring. I don't know if we're putting our hopes on him. I mean, heard and swoops, they can't they can't throw the football. I mean, they can't throw the football. We'll see with this new offensive coordinator. I mean. Tulsa put up points. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. He's he's got Texas ties. I'm hoping maybe we can get a. There's some talks about a junior college or a you know a division two or whatever you want FCA, whatever you want to call it transfers. Maybe we can get somebody in. But without a quarterback, we ain't going nowhere in the Big Twelve. I mean, you got to yeah. score points. I mean, you can have the best defense in the Big Twelve, but you're gonna give up twenty five, twenty eight to thirty five a game. It's just the way Easily. it is. It's, it's too many athletes. I, I yep. don't miss so playing I, the Big Twelve. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm hoping next year we got that Malik Jefferson who's a stud. And I think I think they're going to move him to the outside where he can wreak a little bit more havoc. He was playing middle linebacker there this year. He's not a great open field tackler, but I mean the man can. I mean he's he's a beast. He's a beast, and yeah. I think he needs to be on the edge where he can make a difference, where he can make a huge impact. So. It can't get any worse. I mean, I don't think we'll be five. I think we'll be 500 or better. 
depending on the obviously depending on the quarterback play. And I mean, we may have a running back in Chris Warren. He, Chris Warren's nice. Yeah, he's nice. His daddy played for Seattle. He does, like I watched Texas Tech game and I watched Baylor game and he was just trucking people. He's a power. He's got a lot yeah, of speed he, too. He, yeah, he's he's a good combination of both. We got we got two, the the Foreman kid who he's been hurt. He's he's you know the same type of back, a little bit stronger than Warren, not quite as fast though. So, I mean, we got talent. Just we can put it all together and you know find somebody that can run the offense. That's the main thing, obviously. The crazy thing is, is that there, there, there was a, there's only three combined losses of the playoff teams uh, going in, and two of them came from y'all's two teams. We had Nebraska <laughs> beating Michigan State and uh, Texas beating Oklahoma. So, I mean, you know, it shows like there is still some parity because as down as you are about your team, you're still talking about no. beating an Oklahoma team that could end up getting the entire thing done here. Um, in a few weeks, so you know, it, and that it's, would make you're, all, you're always one step it. away. I feel like early season losses kind of derail both teams. Like I feel like, especially in college, the confidence tiger goes a long way. And I think Texas losing the Oklahoma State game with a with the uh, I think both Oklahoma State and the the uh, California game kind of got them down behind. And with us from Nebraska, we lost every game at the last second. Like, I mean, we've had a Hail Mary. Oh, we've yeah, had a was, team score. Yeah. <laughs> like, I watched that happen. As soon as he threw the ball, I said, he's going to catch it. Yeah. It, it. It was just, I just knew the way he wound up and threw it. I was like, yeah, he's done. He's going to catch it. Didn't but, it I mean, I really that was like, BYU, he, wasn't it? Huh? Yeah. Was that BYU? Yes. Yeah, BYU definitely. BYU, we lost to um, Heartbreaker, Wisconsin. Illinois scored, like, three plays under, like, 17 seconds. Like, I feel like you you win those early games, you get the confidence, you start rolling, it's a whole different season. Yeah, then, you're like right. Said, QB play is pretty much pretty much a big thing now in college football, especially Big Twelve. Especially Big I mean, Twelve. I remember back when Nebraska was there, and if you didn't have a top quarterback, you you better have at least a good running back or a lockdown defense. But like you said, you still have to give up 30, 30 points a game. It's just too much too much spread. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, we're about to wrap up here. I really appreciate um, all of you joining the call. Uh, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. And um, looking forward to the next few weeks. We get some bowl games, get Christmas in, get some even more better bowl games uh, to wrap it up. And we'll see We'll see who's there on the end of it. And we can um, collaborate again going into next college football season. Um, I appreciate everyone that's listening and, and all my callers. And uh, stay tuned for some more podcasts on Iconoclastically Bombastic Sports. Thanks a lot. Thanks again. Go Gators. Welcome. <laughs>